Hello and welcome to Faking Lit, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we read and discuss a book together. My name is Xinzi and I love books so much that I've been issued with a restraining order by my local library. Uh, my name is Dan Offen and I once had to remove all the furniture from my house in order to fit more books in. Oh, hello, uh, my name's um, Harren X. Uh, I'm a fan of book-based films, particularly book carcade. Uh, hi, my name's Josh Bellman. I am uh, a restaurant critic, and my favourite kind of book is the cookbook mm. because it rhymes. Uh, <coughs> uh, hello, I'm Alice Burden, and um, I like. Uh, you can do this. Film adaptations of books. That's mm. fair enough, that's fair enough. Uh, I reckon we can all agree <laughs> upon that. They're a good thing, they're a good thing. Thank you for joining me to, uh, today. Um, we will be discussing uh, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, please hold your complaints to the end of the show. Uh, now, The Alchemist is a bit of a book club favorite and a staple uh, for many people. Uh, written in 1996, uh, Paulo Coelho's book has become a bit of a cult in its own right. Uh, it's a largely allegorical novel which deals with a shepherd boy named Santiago who, after receiving a, f a recurring dream in which he discovers treasure in the pyramids of Egypt, he decides to go out, find the treasure in the pyramids of Egypt and he meets a variety of characters along the way who give him all sorts of advice the core theme being that one should always follow your dreams. Now, what did we make of this book? I bought the book thinking it would tell me how to make lead into gold. So you you thought this was actually a literal book? Yeah, I thought, I thought nuclear physics has excelled to the point where you can change the atomic number of lead okay. to 67. Of uh, I mean, I, I just, not to like, you know, disparage your thinking there, but yeah. surely the book should have been called how to turn any metal into gold, not just some vague thing called The Alchemist. Or The Dummy's Guide to exactly. Alchemy. Like, I'm, I'm just saying it's a bit of a leap to make main. based on that sort of title. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, did you, did you read The Ambassadors and think it was a book about telling you how to become a, an ambassador? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, I thought it was a book about procuring Fer Ferrero Rocher. But, um, <laughs> I mean, there's no I think, yeah, do, does every book have to be literal like that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, was, did you think I, yeah, that... I read the book. Did you think this yes. Dostoyevsky's The Idiot was a book about how to be an idiot? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I thought he, that was an alternative name to the dummies. Oh, it was called? To, to, <laughs> to being a dummy. To, yeah, to being a dummy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand. You don't need to have a literal name every time. And I think that's where I felt victim. I, I wouldn't have called this book The Alchemist. I would have called this the book about a bloke who follows his dreams. <laughs> I think the problem with this book is that there's not actually an alchemist in it. Exactly. And you're yeah. right, there's no, he meets a shaman uh, who tells him about his personal legend. Right. Uh, he doesn't meet an alchemist. There's no, there's no involvement of alchemy. Well, he, he, yeah, he does. <clears throat> he does actually he? does meet an alchemist at the end of the book. Well, oh. I thought it was a metaphor for how he <laughs> came from rags to riches. Well, this is interesting because obviously the book is 
an allegorical book. Uh, a lot of the things that happen within the book, incredibly symbolic. Um, but no, there is an actual alchemist. So, alchemist, in there. Is Al shaman, man. alchemist is there is a shaman man. He's more of a king, um, an old man who says he's a king, who gives him that. We, we'll, we'll get into this. We'll, okay. we'll get into the idea of like the, uh, obviously the, the, I guess the mission statement of this book, which is the idea of the personal legend. Um, but um, I just wanted to go around and, and yes, what, what did people take away from this book? I mean, this is a book that's, uh, it's beloved by uh, a lot of people and particularly celebrities such as uh, um, Julia Roberts, Bill Clinton and Madonna. Um, they've cited it as one of their favourite books. Quite a retro selection of uh, celebrities. Well it did come out in 1996 so yes that's a very 90s selection of people. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was only born in 1991 so... God. Yeah you can't expect <laughs> us to read books that were five we, we, that we were five when they came out. Yeah. That's true. I did but I'm much I only read books that come out in the year they come out in my own personal time. Wait, so what did was the books that came out in your own personal time then? Well, so what came out this year? Okay. Um, the Radio Times Guide to <laughs> 2017. The, the Guinness World of Records, yeah. 2017. I read, I read that every year. It's uh, a great book, that. The Beano Annual, 2017. Private Eye Annual. All the annuals. All the annuals. The annuals. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of other titles that came out this year and last. Well, of course, year. as an expert in books, I, we do all know a lot about the books that came out this year. Yeah. I mean, it's only been like what three weeks so yeah. far this year. So like, it's. I mean, it's a bit it's cheating slightly to say you read all the books this year because it's not really gotten off the you ground. You read like three a, three a day. Uh, are you going by this year or Chinese New Year? Because there's only one day. I know you're Chinese. Chinese New Year, yeah. Even yeah. Chinese New Year, even better. Okay. Of course, it, the books would have to be Chinese though. Right? And have come out today. Yes, and come out today, exactly. The, uh, how many Chinese books have come out this today? I think about seven. Mm. Well, there's a pop large population of people there. So. A lot of them writing books. Yeah. yeah. Around Gerard <coughs> Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, there's um, the Dummy's Guide to to Being Chinese uh, came out. Um, Chinatown. Chinatown, yeah. Um, and um, the Golden Dragon menu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, is it good, the new... Josh, you'd know about this as a restaurant critic. Yes. The new Golden dra Dragon menu. Is the new good? Golden Dragon men menu, well, you know, um, they, they stick to the classics. This is a classics. It's a compendium, as we know, of... Uh, of different Chinese restaurants where they all just collide in this crescendo of uh, fire spice and hot duck meat. Was, was the uh, dragon golden to begin with or was it turned to gold? I was turned golden in commemoration of, uh, for, of in commemoration. Uh, <laughs> Yes. By an alchemist. Uh, I, I think Good that segue. gets us nicely back to the Good segue, um, The Alchemist. Um, so let's talk about what this book um, is actually about. Um, so let's, the inciting incident for this book is a dream, which is uh, had by Santiago, the shepherd boy, the Andalusian shepherd boy. Um, a dream in which he keeps returning to the pyramids of Egypt and finding treasure there. Now. He goes to see a, gypsy, a Roman gypsy fortune teller who tells him that this dream is somehow prophetic um, and that he should follow his dream and go to Egypt to find this treasure. Was anybody else kind of taken aback by how literal this interpretation of this dream was? 
Mm, well, I, I personally, I interpret all my dreams extremely literally. Oh, okay. Like last night, I dreamt that I was having to write my last essay of my university career in the womb of my own mother. Um, mm. So I've taken steps to make that a possibility. <laughs> um, so what are the steps? How did you go about yeah. that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's you have to re-enroll in school. I, yeah. I am now larger than my mother, so it's right. not going to be possible. No, that's not, well, yeah, no, that's, gonna, that's a tricky part. I think re-enrolling in school is probably the easy part, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I have to go back to university, oh, yeah. not do my essays until just before the due date. Right, mm -hmm. right. And then I'm going to have to build a giant womb out of paper mache. Daniel, I think you're mistaking like interpretation of your dreams to having being obligated to reenact them. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're not the same thing. That's exactly what he does in this book. He, he tries to reenact his dreams of finding treasure within the pyramids. Yeah, very true. It's yeah. not literal. But he could be find the treasure within triangular things. Yeah, yeah. like Dorito in bags. Maybe the treasure <laughs> is Doritos. Why aren't all. Dorito bags triangulars? The more well, the, the more important point. Do you remember the <laughs> 90s Doritos? This is made in the 90s. Do you remember yes, the 90s Doritos so. that were pyramids? That's very true. Doritos. There were 3D Doritos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. They call them 3 really? Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> Doritos. Yeah. Well, they only four Doritos. Though. Yeah, yeah. Pyramid. Do you think maybe the um, <laughs> author of this book was a shill for big crisps? <laughs> Um, for Paolo Coelho, actually, um, I've got a bit of a Paolo Coelho. This is a man who's lived a very interesting life, actually. He's a piece of Doritos chips. chips. That's absolutely yeah. correct. Um, he uh, grew up in Brazil, and he was expected to follow in his father's footsteps by becoming an engineer as well, but he didn't want to. Um, he uh, exactly. He uh, said he announced to his family that he wanted to become a writer, and his family's response was to, to put him in a mental asylum where he was subjected to, to, uh, to actual <laughs> shock therapy. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's. I, I don't know at what point wanting to become a writer was seen as a mental illness of some sort. <laughs> I don't know if that's in the DSM or anything, but like, it, it seems a bit unfair. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I can't, I can't speak with any assurance on this. But um, this, is, this is already, this is like, this is a guy who has written a book about following your dreams, and he wanted to follow his dreams, and he was put in the mental asylum because of it. Yet he didn't let that deter him. He still kept on at it. I think um, Adolf Hitler had the same attitude towards his dream. What, like writing a book? Yeah, he wrote a book. He wrote a book. He, he got put in a, some sort of prison, similar to a mental time, that he had a dream. Called an art school, And he followed that dream him. through, and I think, yeah, he, he's one of the, he's somebody that we should look up to. Yeah, I feel you're glossing over a huge part of his <laughs> life there, but yeah, fair enough, I mean, he, fair he, enough. He was, a, he, well, he was an artist, right, wasn't he, at heart? <laughs> yeah, he and was he a painter. his dream, mm -hmm. and yeah. As a Jew, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Fully. Well, this is the, this is an interesting point. This is a dream. A dream is just a dream sometimes. Yeah. But Paolo Coelho and all the characters in this book, at no point do they actually say to Santiago, "What are you doing? This is a crazy, impulsive act. It's a dream. Why on earth are you going all the way from Andalusia, across Africa to Egypt to find treasure which m might not be there? All you have is this." recurring dream that you've been having. Well, <coughs> it's not about the you know, treasure at the end, is it? It's about the friends you make along the way. Mm. That is the real treasure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but like one of those friends encouraged Santiago to sell all his sheep. 
after Santiago has had um, his meeting with the Roman gypsy woman, who tells him that this is a prophetic dream. Oh, and by the way, the Roman gypsy woman says to him, yes, you should totally go over to Egypt and find the treasure. Also, I like a tenth of that treasure. She actually says that. Yeah. Um, and it's he, a bit rude, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit, like, presumptuous. I guess she really believes that like the advice she's giving him though is is accurate and that he will find treasure in, in the in the pyramids like I, I don't doubt that but to ooh, imagine that if you went to an investor and said I've got an idea she said that's a good idea I reckon I've ten percent of that but I'm not going <laughs> to do any work yeah I just I reckon that's good ten percent of that please yeah. isn't that I'll how see you in four years <laughs> isn't that how capitalism works though <laughs> like, essentially. Well, like if you had a teacher who was like you checked one of your essays mm. and said yeah uh, it's good good essay and then they took ten percent of your grade <laughs> for themselves just amassing ten percent of grades to get the best grade. How do you get a teacher want a <laughs> seven? You tell me why would a Romani why would a Romani fortune teller want ten percent of a treasure? Hey, I couldn't hey. tell you that as much as you could tell me this. So I, wanna, I like to think they're selling them behind the school as a hey 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 come with hips want thirty percent I got thirty percent like ten percent or fifteen percent yeah 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 come over here come over here I'll sort you out teachers are right dodgy as well. yeah 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 I'd like to return to your point about capitalism because I do think that point of the book is very much a Marxist allegory yes about because she really is scraping the top of the she's removing his excess labor um, yes and profiting it from herself she doesn't put anything in she just owns the capital of being able to understand what dreams are and even then, not really, like, as interpretations of dreams go, he went there and said, I have this dream where I go to Egypt, go to the pyramids and get some treasure. What does it mean? Oh, it means you have to go to Egypt, <laughs> go to the pyramids and get some treasure. Money, please. That's literally what she's done. That's like, she's like useless. Her not very good. Not very good. of dreams is very similar to yours, Dan. Is that maybe that's why? Is that why you're wearing like got all this like gold medallion jewellery and and a fur tie tied? Does the gold? Does the gold? <laughs> is he actually allowed to get the gold? Surely it belongs to the Egyptian state. Well, this is a. I, it's uh, like the Elgin marbles all over again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, he's kind of like um, reading this book. I couldn't help but be reminded of um, uh, Indiana Jones. Um, here's a guy who. It, it, I don't. I, well, I think there are books about it. There's the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Don't like um, But um, no, this is a this is a man who like he he, if he had principles and said that he was taking this gold from the pyramids to take it to a museum, fair enough. But no, it just sound that he's going to keep this treasure to himself. Well, if we look, if we look back to uh, rabbinical traditions and the Jewish religion. Uh, the, it, it is customary to, to give 10% of your earnings to the poor. So perhaps what Coelho is saying is all gypsies are poor, give them money. Which yeah. is very racist. But he's not giving money to all gypsies, he's giving money to one specific gypsy. In the hope yeah. that they, they, they... Yeah, but it's just it's trickle it's down. still 10% yeah. of it's trickle, trickle down, down uh, economics. It's, it, it's all what it needs to be, you know? It's not is what it doesn't need to be. Says. The Jewish religion says give money to gypsies. Give 10% of your wealth to just one... Mm -hmm. Just all the money to one... Tramp? <laughs> it's a bit unfair. Tramp? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Santiago now has been told that he should follow his dream and 
go to Egypt and go to the pyramids. Uh, and along the way, we meet the next major character in the story. Um, this uh, mysterious old man, Melchizedek. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Melchizedek. Um, this is a man claiming to be a king of a distant land. Um, and who further reinforces what the gypsy woman has told Santiago and says, you've got to pursue your dreams. Now, this is an important part of the book. I, I feel that the central premise of the book and the core theme of the book is enunciated by uh, Melchizedek. He talks about the personal legend. Um, the personal legend is described in the book as something that you have always wanted to accomplish. Everyone, when they are young, knows what their personal legend is. And when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. Um, I just say, the author of this book has clearly never met a millennial. Ah, okay. Mm, it, it would have been incredible <laughs> if he were to have met a millennial in the 1990s. <laughs> so I'm saying, no, he's clearly never met a millennial because um, we don't have dreams. Um, Got a four twelve dreams. No, exactly. And also, this Melchizedek is an enabler. Yes, I totally agree mm. with that. I think he is an absolute enabler. Um, a man has come to you, and. Um, tell, told you that oh I've had a dream in which I need to go and find some treasure in the pyramids uh, and you say like, that sounds great mate yeah definitely do that uh, in fact what you should do to get the, the that um, some income to for your journey sell all your sheep sell all your sheep so, and go so wait was he traveling did he leave Spain with all of his sheep? <laughs> Apparently. At the yeah. same time, how the hell did he get them oh, across? Oh, there's a little bit at the bottom of Spain that touches, that almost touches Africa. So he brought all it's of called his Gibraltar. He was, but yeah. he was literally travelling with all his sheep I'm surprised. from Andalusia down sheep? towards Algiers and then through into Africa. Uh, I, I, th I thought it was surprising how they didn't put more, how, how Paul, I call him Paul, <laughs> um, didn't put more detail about the sheep and how they were trans transported. Why does he need to sell all his sheep? Well, he well, I think he, he should have been more smart about how he was investing his sheep, right? That, right. Yeah. But, I mean, I think he was very very short sighted in in divesting mm. all his sheep just into into uh, cap into fiscal capital. I yeah. think he should have mm. looked at different alternatives, maybe lavender, sure. maybe cumin. It's like that game, Settlers of Catan. You can't, oh, you shouldn't yeah. just yes. get sheep. Don't, you don't just sheep, don't just sheep. Rock, hay. Yeah. The one that people cumin. sometimes call ore. Ore, yeah. Cumin. Like, might be rocks. You, you won't get any points otherwise. I think he yeah. should have got He's got to build cumin. those roads. Yeah. Got to get the longest road. Uh, or yeah. cumin. cumin. He's got a bit cumin's not in Celeste Catan. It should be. That the reason is is supply and demand, you see. Is, is there's a large demand for that because people have sheep and everyone knows that the best spice to go with sheep is cumin. Or so <laughs> if we had cumin or, or yeah. I think both I, tri I tried to introduce pack. cumin into my game of Settlers of Catan and everybody was not you, happy you, about you, that you, at all you just and I used to say like, this is how my family plays it this is how my family plays it it's my rules my family very racist what I understand so early in his journey he meets uh, Melchie Deck Melchizedek. He's already in um, North Africa at this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How much money does he need to travel from Egypt, which is also in North Africa, yeah. that he needs to sell 
all his sheep mm. to How get many there. Sheep mm. Like seven hundred sheep. Mm. I think. I think at one point Melchizedek also says, "And also, I get ten percent of everything you sold." Of those <laughs> exactly. Sheep. Yeah. And Melchizedek is like, "Why don't you sell all your sheep to me for a cut price price?" He's just he's ripping him off. Uh, yeah. No. No. This is. This oh, is. Yeah. <coughs> also, he seems to he seems to be making the reverse journey of what millions of other people are doing, which is trying to get from North Africa to Europe. Why is he? Why is he? Bucking the trend of millions of millions of people. Well, that was 1996. It was a different time back then. Uh, I, I believe this is a contemporary novel as well. Okay. Um, it was set in the time of um, the 90s. With, you know, you remember the 90s, full of like Roman gypsies and people called Melchizedek okay, giving yeah. advice about dreams and cumin. He just cumin, cumin. Yeah. He just absolutely. takes advice from any advice that's given to him. Whatever anyone tells yeah. him to do, he, he just does it. Jump off a cliff, he would do that. Oh, would this is the original right, so. Yes Man. Yes, it, I, that's a very good point actually. Um, uh, yes Man was uh, originally a um, kind of a self-help book, wasn't it? Uh, mm. in like some and then he's he yeah. a Radio X DJ. Yeah. <laughs> Radio X. Yeah, they yeah. Yeah. How, how do you know about women not allowed to listen to Radio X? That's true. How do you know yeah, about yeah, like Oh, I don't X listen X to it. I don't. I just know it exists. Okay. <laughs> I think one of the oversights we were making, though, is the fact that Melchizedek was, uh, in fact, king of Salem, or oh. Salem, uh, where, of course, we all know witches were witch banned. Trials, yeah. With the witch trials. Well, he was king of, isn't that in America? Yeah. Well, well, that's that's so, where he was king of. That's yeah. where the book said he was king of. Why so, was he in North Africa? <laughs> it's a mysterious far-off land. Well, well, look, you um, see, the thing is, Donald Trump deported. It's him. an allegorical novel. It doesn't have to make sense. It just has to be symbolic of something. And yeah. we, it's, it's, it's the onus is upon us, the readers, to figure out what the writer was talking about, and which is, you know, kind of poor form because I always like like it when writers tell us what's going on rather than yeah. we have to work out what's going on I like ourselves. it when you're, when you're reading a book and then someone comes in in the book and says wait you're telling me that there's a meteor heading to planet earth and going to hit us in, t in 25 minutes if we don't do something is that what you're saying <laughs> I like it when they give you these reminders yeah. I like it when they say things like Paul how long have we been brothers <laughs> yes that's that's the best kind of writing for me I like it when the writing leaves no room to the imagination because I'm afraid that my imagination will fail. Mm, mm, absolutely, absolutely. This does not do that though. This is a book which very much uh, shows us and doesn't tell us. Uh, and as a result, um, it is it's a bit bad. of a, yeah, it's a bit of a puzzle box of a book, mm. isn't it? Uh, I, I don't know how you feel about books where you have to, where you do have to sort of wade through this morass of s symbolism. Um, I personally, not that big a fan of it. Um, I, I, uh, I'm quite a literal reader. I think you're a bit of a literal reader as well, Aaron, from your interpretation of just the title itself. Yeah. To be about a book about how to turn base lead into gold. Yeah, exactly. Didn't I mean? Didn't you think something might have been up by the fact that it's a very slim volume? Um, I mean, I thought science had progressed to the point where you didn't really need that much. You know scientific knowledge to turn lead into gold. Well, you just thought be a like, lot of footnotes. But even then, it's a very small book. I, don't, I mean, like, I, mean, yeah, I would yeah. have assumed that it, like, if I was going to read a book that was talking about turning any metal into gold, it'd yeah. be a big, big book. Otherwise, we'd all like know how to do it. Well, you know? what, how complicated could it be? Yeah. Put the metal in a thing. Get it. Yeah. Do it. Do the thing. That's things. like four uh, pages. 
that's barely one page. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you not notice on Amazon you could buy the book with also the cash for gold book? So you'd make your own gold and then convert that into cash. And but with the unstable pounds, gold. gold what do Swiss bankers do? They buy gold because it's a stable currency. So because the cash for gold book. <laughs> Why do you think this is Madonna's favourite book? Exactly. In the Why do you think she's so rich? That's well, all I'm in the saying. Jewish tradition, who we know, Madonna is a new is a new disciple of yeah. the Jewish tradition. Um, I, I want to hear more about this cash for gold book. Well, that's well, that will <laughs> come back around to Madonna. You buy the alchemist. But, yeah, but I didn't realise that cash for gold had a book. What is it about? Well, of course they have a book. Every company has a book. <laughs> <laughs> BT had, had their sort of phone book. Yeah. A, a song book. <laughs> what is Sell your gold. <laughs> always <laughs> believing your show. <laughs> and it's worth then you won't be so poor and you can pay your gas bill. That's how it goes. Sorry, Dan, could you just repeat that? No. <laughs> well, let's get back to the book. Um, Which one? The Cash for Gold book? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to find out more about the Cash for Gold book. Well, we'll do that later, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll I might have... Maybe we'll discuss it next week. Yeah. Mm. Stay tuned, people. Stay tuned. I'm going to try and find out. Try and try and find the Cash for Gold book. It has a literal title as well, which I is. That's what I like about Cash for Gold as a company. Yeah. What I don't like about companies like Wonga is, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know what a Wonga is. That's cash a, for Gold. That's a company. Cash that, for this is gold. what I object to though. Wonga is a company that would probably need a book to explain what's going on. But mm. Cash for Gold, it's, it's all there. Mm. It's all there. You don't really need a book to get any deeper into like what they do or what you're going to get out of this transaction. So I'm genuinely... Um, baffled why there is a cash for gold book really uh. I think I, I, what I'm surprised about is how gold is the only thing we get cash for you think there would be like other commodities like like other like gemstones for gold or meal deals meal deals for gold or well no you have to convert them into gold first you have a boots meal deal you the gold fundamental mis deal. misunderstanding of economics there Haran um, <laughs> I think you should read more books okay um, you should definitely read the Cash for Gold book. As I mean, well. you, you yeah. think there might be like a crystal to gold, gold book? Uh, that, that would be uh, a sensible, a sensible thing. And then from crystal to gold, to gold to cash. A lead to gold book. Lead. A lead. That's what this book. I thought that. Is what book what was it about. should have been. That's yeah. what you should have been looking out. For. But the book is actually about Chin. What is the book about? It's about I mean, I've read it, but it's about <laughs> just for the authors. The it's authors about the well, it's funny that you should say crystal because this is a perfect segue. I knew that because I was trying to move us along. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Josh. I'm smart. What are you doing? So smart. That brings us um, to the um, next character that Santiago encounters in the book, uh, which is the crystal merchant. Now, um, crystal merchant um, appears. After Santiago arrives in Tangiers, he's robbed. So all that money that he made from selling those sheep, gone. Mm. And he's about to give up and just go back home. But he finds a job with the crystal merchant, uh, who takes pity on Santiago, and asks, uh, and gives him like, this job so he can get back on his feet. Now this is an interesting point, because at this point in the book, Santiago is about to give up and just say, this, is a, this has been a ridiculous idea. Uh, I've come all the way here, I've been robbed, and what am I doing? I'm just pursuing a dream. 
a dream. That I, I and I've had like. Apparently, the people that have been backing me on this dream are a Roman Egyptian fortune teller who wants ten percent of my money, and a guy who says he's a king who also wants ten percent of like um the money that I sold from the the sheep, and the crystal merchant is the only person who's actually given money to um, Santiago at this point. Although he does deduct ten percent as well from the uh, the, the money, the money that he's paying him. Right. But this is a guy who's um who, who also encourages Santiago to follow his dreams. Where, yeah. is, the, is the crystal merchant the Englishman? No, yeah, the crystal merchant and himself. the Englishman are two different yeah. people. Haven't you read the book? Yeah, I have read the book. I just get confused with characters. I mean, what, what purity of crystal was this bloke selling? Yes, yeah. this was my question. <coughs> How strong was that shit? <laughs> <laughs> because I because I think it's very interesting oh, that you you both have interpreted it that way. Because I thought it was more of a sort of like liberal metropolitan elite. A uh, crystal uh, salesman. Uh, yeah, that he's, he's selling that crystal bauxite. Bo no, I thought it was a more sort of hippie uh, approach to crystals, and it's yeah. And I think that, that that really does speak to Paul Coelho's genius in that it could both be interpreted as um, uh, colourful crystals that can hang above a door, or death. Enhancing drugs. Why? Why would you want bauxite unless you're going to extract the aluminium, hmm. use this book, and convert it to gold? I think that's the. Can you change aluminium to gold now? I thought it was lead. To He's read the yeah, book. you can. You can. Yeah. I mean, technically, this is the alchemists can turn any metal to gold, but it's why usually lead. So focused on lead. What's so great about Could lead? you turn platinum to gold? Oh, I don't. That'd be kind of like uh, counterproductive, wouldn't it? Could he? Yeah, but if you wanted to, could you? I guess. If you wanted to turn like osmium to gold, could you turn osmium to gold? Yep, most likely. Could you Lithium. turn iridium to gold? Yes. What's your favourite metal? Oh, my favourite metal. I think we've we've cracked we've really cracked the the the. the it's got to be gold. Uh, uh, I'm not a fan of death gold. metal. It's quite good. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Good oh, house robot as well in Robot Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I, I think my favourite house robot had to be Matilda, but only after they replaced her chainsaw with a circular blade. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Mm. That point. Wait, nobody likes Sakilot. Is Sakilot? Sakilot's overrated. Is that like an obvious answer? Is that like Whoa. saying like John is your favourite beetle? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, okay. Ebenezer is my favourite beetle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sakilot is the John Lennon of the house robots. Very high profile, but ultimately not the best, and he beat his wife. Okay, break Whereas down, break Paul down. McCartney is the Sergeant Bash. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I'd yep. say Sergeant Bash, Bash. has wings. <laughs> yes. It does have wings. <laughs> no, it has a flamethrower. Oh, okay. But it's like wings. And Are say, you just saying Sergeant Bash because Sergeant Pepper, and that was pretty much Paul McCartney? No, I, I just <laughs> think that Paul McCartney always Bash. spits out. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Paul McCartney always spits out hot fire. Uh, like Sergeant Bash, I would say that death metal is quite a lot like George Harrison because he doesn't like paying taxes. Doesn't like paying taxes and got killed. Um, <laughs> John Lennon <laughs> by cancer. Only cancer's area. He's Asian. <laughs> He's allowed to. And Ringo is obviously Matilda. <laughs> and I can't remember the other house robots. Which there was yeah. Ebenezer. Which, there was, which house robot matches There was the one Ebenezer. that did the punches. Okay. Punching robot. So, <laughs> punch so he's kind of like the uh, Billy Preston. Uh, yeah. Or the George, uh, the George uh, Best. 
George Bassett's also in the Beatles for a really brief period. He was so so drunk at the time that not even he could confirm whether he was in the Beatles or not. Uh, and obviously, like, because he was Pete brothers with Pete Best, Pete Best he was uh, yeah. he was he was brothers with Pete Best, and that's why they were both the best brothers. Were in uh, the uh, the Beatles for a short period. Um, so who is George and who is Pete? I guess. Well, I think that's why we need to return to I the. I can't original. remember the other house robots. <laughs> well, look it up. Look it up. Okay. And in the meantime. The Crystal Merchant. The Crystal Merchant is a man who tells uh, Santiago that he should continue his quest and that his fate is not to return to Spain after all. Mm. Um, I don't know what makes him such an expert though. Because he's, he's looked into the crystals. He knows. He's, mm. he's looked in. He said, oh, quartz, quartz, tell me what, what this small Andalusian boy should do. And the quartz has spoken and the quartz has said, don't don't let him go back to where he came from. Probably ball shaped. They don't specify what shape the crystal was, but I, I guess it was a ball. It's a very limited. Uh, a nice ball. He's he's sold crystal balls in his shop. Well, uh, balls of crystal meth. Well, it's nice, easy. It's, it's crystal easily. Benoit balls. Benoit balls. <laughs> like for she. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> well, anyway, so. <laughs> Santiago continues on his journey to uh, Egypt um, and c- on the road to the town of Al-Fayyum he encounters the Englishman. Uh, now, the Englishman, interesting character. He's journeying, he's t- undertaking the same journey to uh, Egypt with Santiago but for a very, he's on the quest of his own. He wants to meet the alchemist of the title, the titular alchemist. Uh, the alchemist is meant to be a, a great man who is rumoured to be over 200 years old and he has the ability to take turn any metal into gold the Englishman wants to study under the alchemist and learn his secrets um, now th- this is a guy who's an educated man clearly uh, and yet he's kind of believes that there is a t- over 200 year old old uh, man who can turn any metal into gold and he kind of indoctrinates uh, Santiago to his way of thinking as well it sounds like a bit of a cult doesn't it yeah, in some ways. I was like, just going to say that um, Coelho obviously thinks that English people are stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm. stupid Englishman actually believes that there's a 200-year-old man. It couldn't be any other nationality. It's like, it has to be English. Yeah. I just find this pretty offensive. Yeah. He was probably drunk in Prague. Someone was like, way! And then they Let's sent him off. To, to Turn Egypt. lager to gold. Yeah. When are Egypt? For bants. For, for streams of gold. Because he's a personal ledge. Yes. <laughs> he's a personal ledge. Personal ledge. We've yeah. not brought up the, the concept of personal legends yet, have we? We because haven't really. I, I, I threw lines to the book. Well, this is the thing. I didn't, I didn't, again, this is a book which is so symbolic in many ways and so literal in other ways. I wasn't sure how to interpret the idea of a personal legend. Was a personal legend uh, something that was tied to your, dis- to your destiny, um, or was it just a really sound bloke that you've met at the pub? Mm. Who would you say is your personal legend, Chin? Oh, probably Sir Killalot again. Uh, <laughs> bit of an obvious answer, it's by yeah. saying John Lennon is your favourite personal legend, really. Like, John Legend. John Legend as John well. Legend. Is, he, um, is he your favourite legend? Who's your favourite legend? 
I can only think of John Legend. Legend of Zelda. I quite like the legend on Microsoft Excel. Uh, I like the movie oh, Legend. Yeah. I, I actually think it's best when you're reading a map and you, you're like, what, what's going on? How do I read this map? And then like the legend steps in and helps you to read the map. And that, that's my favourite legend. I don't have that legend anymore. I think that legend's gone because Google Maps has re removed it, really, hasn't it? Yeah, because they just put all the information and say what everything is on top of it. They've they've ob obfuscated the requirement for legends, and I think that's really what what Coelho is really like pointing at in this book. I think he's 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 trying to point at Google. He's like, hey, you, stop it. <laughs> we need them, and I think it comes through very clearly after after. After li little little Santiago goes and he meets this Englishman, this mm, I yeah. think it's it's very critical of Google. Do you think? Does he use a map, to, or does he use? No, he's he's he's, he's following the dictates of his soul, uh, effectively. On the, he just is kind of like on the road. He knows where he needs to get to. Okay. Well, he just asks people and they tell him where to go, and he goes. But does there. his soul have GPS? Uh, possibly. I don't know. I. I, I I haven't received. I haven't received that update yet, so okay. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, but the Englishman, the Englishman uh, that um, Santiago talks with, he talks about s searching for a universal language understood by everybody. What do you think that language English, is? It's English. It's English. Emojis. Emojis. Surely it's Esperanto. No, it's English. Only about four people speak Esperanto, and they're all dickheads. <laughs> racist again, I think. And, uh, what, what, what do you have against Esperanto? Just why would anyone learn Esperanto? It's kind of the language that stupid nerds learn. Because I'm like, oh, I'm learn Esperanto. No one cares. I believed you I, when you said you were very. Why did? I mean, that's true. Like, why does everybody want to learn like something like Esperanto, which was a, a, a like a made-up language, um, made specifically to sort of unite the world? Yeah. Apparently, but I nobody wants to learn the language that's spoken by the predator in the predator movies. It's true. Like it's many clicks, so it's quite difficult to speak. I guess so. I guess so. Well, certain African languages have clicks, so it's true. It's very racist. You're saying that but the predators were Africans. Yes. Please. They were. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them live in hunter-gatherer tribes to predate to do that. So, yeah, and in, in the kind of African savanna, kind of having. Thermal vision <laughs> with sort of nineteen eighties technology. Well, with that in mind, Harren, do you think that the movie Predator is a positive or negative portrayal of Africans in cinema? <laughs> I, I think it's a positive because it, it, he attacks illegal aliens and wait, sorry, he, like, <laughs> he attacks also alien you know predator. What? I'm predator wins. Well, I'm getting on board with this, you know, because I had never thought about it this way before. Because you look at predators, okay? Predators, these uh, these images of uh, of African ingenuity. Yeah. They've mastered space travel before before the whites, okay? And now we get in this movie, Predator. Okay, we get um, them taking on an an Austrian, a white. Austrian, and you know who was also white Austrian? Hitler. <laughs> Predator defeated Hitler before we even knew it. And I think I think that's a very astute observation, exactly, Harang. Yeah. But Pre Arnold Schwarzenegger beat the Predator. That's <laughs> <laughs> the end of the film. He put mud on himself. Well, he'll be a hacker. He blacked if, up if he, effectively, if he, um, <laughs> and then beat the Predator. Well, he culturally appropriated Predator. Then, uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, but he won for most of the time. I think this is the thing that we're, you're missing here, Dan. He's that Predator was dominating. He, he was dicking. He was just dicking on, on Schwarzenegger up to that point. Mm. And only by coming round to, 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 by blacking up, was he able to overcome. Exactly. So what, what we're saying is that it's about the mixing of races. The mixing of races will set us free. That's, That's how we defeat. Is it mixing? Well, I suppose the mixing is a good Hitler. point. Hitler dissolves. But also, it's what's interesting in Predators, if we take Predator as an African stereotype, um, it's quite interesting to say that it goes with that old trope of the European whites being able to defeat Africans. So in the example in the film Zulu, um, mm -hmm. the Europeans are able to defeat the more powerful, more strong Zulus by use of ingenuity. Right. Which is again goes into the myth of European ingenuity mm. over uh, black African kind of core strength. Okay. And I think Predator very much represents that idea that uh, the, the film, the director, who I'm not saying is a racist, uh, thinks that white people are a lot cleverer than black people, which okay. we all know to be a falsehood. Right, right. But well, no, no, of course, uh, obviously. Because black people had mastered interstellar travel they had. before, as proved by Predator. But the director thinks, oh, that's, that's not very clever. Uh, put mum yourself. That's the clever thing. And also, the Predator can turn invisible, which is like, I think, a reference to the book Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Yes. There's a seminal oh, part of white African-American literature. so but, good. But what does this mean for Predator 2, where he has to fight Danny Glover? <laughs> the book. Well, well I mean, that, that shows the kind of internecine kind of, yeah, you, you get Muslims fighting Muslims. Whites versus whites, so you're so course, of course, yeah, exactly. So you're gonna get exactly. So you're gonna get. Mm. It's it was a controversial movie. Whites, I thought yeah. I I I wasn't entirely on board with the ideas being espoused, but I feel we've we've gotten off track. We've gotten off track here. Can I just oh, say I everything I said there was fake? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I am I am very not racist. <laughs> well, you're actually black because people can't see you. Well, I am black. Color. Yeah, so it's okay. Except I did this podcast under my own name. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your slave name. <laughs> your words. Your words. Haran. Silval Pan Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> Please don't put that in. <laughs> <laughs> What's the bit in Predators where Lawrence Fishburne is revealed? Because I didn't know he was in the film. It's Lawrence Fishburne! <laughs> it's my favourite bit of any film. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's really Lawrence Fishburne! <laughs> Hey there, <laughs> It's actually written to his contract that every movie he's in, they say, Hey, it's me, Florence <laughs> Hey, really? it's me, Morpheus. <laughs> it's me out of the Matrix. She's uh, a red pill with a blue one. By the way, it's me, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. Um, okay, so back to The Alchemist. Um, how do you think that the Englishman and Santiago feel about each other? Do they hate each other? Oh, I thought it was um, a lot of presumed sexual tension. It's a love-hate relationship, I think. Yeah, like a yeah. lust-hate yeah. relationship. Mm. How old is Santiago in the book? It's never really specified. We just know he's um, he's a boy. To, yeah, he's a boy. Which he's again, boy. it could it's very vague. A lot like the rest of the book, it's kind of vague. It's very very uh, amorphous. Uh, again. Symbol symbolism. He's meant to represent a state of being, um, I guess an innocent being who is largely innocent and naive and ig ignorant of the world. 
So he could be a boy in spirit, really. He could actually be 55 for all we know, but he's a, a, a boy in nature, I guess. He could be a hairdresser. Isn't that, a, well, I suppose all shepherds are in a way hairdressers because they have to shear their sheep. But that's what I meant <laughs> when I said it. But uh, I, I like the Englishman. I think the Englishman's my favourite character. Okay. He's always saying English things. Yeah. Like crumpets, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, he... He begins every sentence with the words, I say! Yeah. He was always talking about the weather. Although, of course, because they're in Northern Africa, it's always, isn't it sunny today? Um, he says it multiple times in the same conversation. Yeah, he's a good character, I think. The Englishman. Yeah, I wish they'd given him a name though, rather yeah. than just the Englishman, like as he's referred to. He's not kind of kind of suggests that they didn't get to know each other that well if he just keeps referring to him as a hey Englishman. So like, ah, oh, my name's actually uh, Ian. Mm. That's a well, it's, it's the same Spanish. in Gladiator. He's always mm. called Spaniard. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair though, his name is Ian Englishman, so. That's oh, yeah. fair enough. He just calls him by his surname. No. I must have missed. Yeah, kind of a public school thing. I don't it's know if any of you went to public school, but often at public schools you were just called by your peers by your surname. Right. So, the Englishman is on his way to meet the alchemist. On along the way, this is an important part. Uh, Santiago meets with Fatima at Ooh. the uh, oasis outside Al Fayuma. <laughs> and again, this is a real. <laughs> this is yet more. Yet, yet another example of Santiago's insanely impulsive nature. Because no sooner does he meet Fatima, he decides she's beautiful, I'm in love, and he... They go fuck. Well... <laughs> aren't I correct? <laughs> Hey, today there's no sex scene in the there's book. There's no sex no, scene in the book. Yeah. There is no sex scene. Yeah. She, she says she will only have sex with him or marry him mm. uh, if he goes to get the treasure. She's like, get the treasure, dude. Give me ten percent of the treasure, then mm. I'll marry you. Mm. Um, she's a, a typical gold digger. Gold digger. Well, let's get into I'm this because, like, he literally her. just sees a girl at an oasis and decides, uh, yeah, I'm going to marry her. But I will, will you marry me? This is a guy who's obviously f who's travelled all the way from Andalusia looking for like treasure in, in, at the pyramids because a dream told him to. He's mm. playing the game. <laughs> what the the game uh, by Neil Strauss? <coughs> That's what he's playing. <laughs> classic, classic yeah. gamesmanship. Yeah, like yeah. marry something. Negging. When do you uh, going to Egypt, <laughs> find treasure. Uh, but I, th I think this is was all about uh, goes against body shaming. Her name is Fatima, not Thinema. And she's a kind of BBW to use the kind of term. BB8. BB8. She's a robot. She's a BB8. She's a robot ball. It's in the desert. A, yeah, it's in the desert. So with a hemisphere uh, on top. I think it's pronounced she, BB8. She's, she's more a sex of a robot. Corpulent, Rubenesque type person. And yeah. could you explain what you mean by Rubenesque? Um, yeah, it's. Um, Fat. Yeah. <laughs> and could you explain what you mean by Reuben? Sandwich. That's okay. Oh, okay. Let me just write that down. <laughs> well, so what do we think of Fatima? Is Fatima like uh, as a as a character? Do you think like uh, in fact all these characters that we've met along this journey? Do, so you, do you feel that they? Well, do you think they're good characters? I think they're very two-dimensional. I feel they're really two-dimensional. I well, don't I think I know any of them. Is quite big and three-dimensional. You won't get off this subject. <laughs> the ass. <laughs> That's what he likes about her, isn't it? 
It's just they're, all, they're all three-dimensional. Well, he loves each of the people he meets. Mm. He loves the king, he loves the Englishman, he loves the crystal salesman. Um, yeah. Because, of course, I, sorry to skip to the end of the book, but we know he never finds the treasure, he just meets the alchemist. Um, so it, the, the, the real treasure really is the friends he meets along the way. Even if the friends he meets in his way are led, and he has to turn them himself into gold. Mm, I guess so. Pretending well, this is okay. Let's uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the title of the book, the um, the al the act of alchemy itself, and how it pertains as a the central metaphor to the book. Why is this book called The Alchemist? Well, what does al what function does alchemy perform within well, the narrative? I think uh, it's actually alchemist. It's, it's an Arabic thing. Al um Al Qaeda, chemical al. Yeah, so alchemist. I think you need to. It's a, it's a Is that Paul Simon song? You can call me alchemist. Yeah, exactly. So it it, 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 it harks back to that. His name was alchemist. That's not how that song goes! Yeah, that's how that song goes! She says, Why am I soft in the middle lane? Why am I soft in the middle lane? That's how it starts. It's the same. That's exactly the same That's exactly the same So, okay, so you think it's a name? You think it's a name? That it's a code? Well, it's a name, but he's also it's nominative determinism. He becomes a. Well, no, no, his name is Al Chemist. His yeah. parents named him that. Alan Chemist. What was that in Santiago? We haven't even uh, got to the actual no, 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 that. The, the, the alchemist. The, al the, the alchemist name. Yeah. Santiago Alchemist is his actual full name. I thought the alchemist was the alchemist. Yeah, alchemist. The alchemist is a different character. I've yeah. read the book. Alchemist. Yeah. The alchemist. <laughs> yeah. We all have because we're all so clever. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 I really. I'm really not sure what to make of the idea. The, 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 the act of alchemy is the idea of turning something which is worthless into something which has inherent worth, mm. which is beautiful. Um, and the, 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 the message of the alchemist is to follow your dreams, mm. almost at all costs. The, what Fatima says to uh, Santiago when he, she denies him uh, the, uh, the marriage, denies a marriage proposal is that you need to follow your dreams and real, you have to self-actualize before I agree to marry you. And the alchemist tells Santiago, well, yeah, you have to follow your dreams above all things else. If it's true love, then that person will, will, uh, will help you on your way and it won't be an obstacle to you fulfilling yourself. If that person... Um, Ask you to sacrifice your dream in return for the uh, in return for uh, for following your dreams. Then it's not true love. That's Did, true. Do you do you agree with that? But I think sometimes in love you have to settle down. Well, this is it, right? I think really. Let's be realistic here. Let's be realistic. If we're honest, if we're honest, and we've all met women like Fatima, what she's doing is she's giving him the nineties equivalent of a fake mo mobile number. She's like, yeah, sure, I'll marry you, Santiago. Mm. Go find some treasure in a pyramid first. Mm. She doesn't live at the Oasis. She's just hanging out there. She's gonna fuck off. And well, then what? He's gonna come back. Oh, I found some treasure in the Oasis, and she's gonna be gone. She doesn't like him. She's just trying to not let him down softly. Okay, so if telling a guy to follow his personal legend is the nineties equivalent of giving a fake mobile number. What is the 21st century equivalent of traveling to Egypt to find treasure at the pyramids because a dream told you to? Um, making... Releasing a podcast, releasing, thinking that it'll get 
viewers or listeners I think I was yeah viewers that'd be really really uh, really ambitious you're gonna you're gonna love this podcast so much you're gonna watch it um, well I think we, we, we're coming up to the end of um, The Alchemist what are people's opinions on this book then I liked it yeah what, yeah. Do you, what did you like about it um, I, personally I just liked the um, most of the pages the, the, the two chapters about the chemical process of how to make crystal meth. I mean, we talked about it wasn't a how-to lead to gold book. No, because it would have been called the crystal meth guy. Yeah, um, but it, you know, that, those are my favourite parts. And I don't know, I, I feel like I've learned a lot and I've got some transferable skills. Okay, okay. Dan? I, I thought it was a 4 out of 10, I'd say. Okay, okay. Um, I think I learned a lot. Pretty low, pretty low. Well, you know, 5 out of 10 should be average, shouldn't it? So that the most average book I've read is probably the novelization of Catch Me If You Can. Mm. Mine was uh, Cash for Gold. Cash uh, for Gold. Mm. Pretty good average idea. book. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, what 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 did you um, respond to the book? What did you? What were the pros? What were the cons? I think it's a great book about how to follow your dreams. I think that I took <laughs> message from that as I mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. How yeah. to follow my dreams. But I, I also think it that is a dangerous message because we should not follow our dreams because they can lead to dark places. Right, like, right. The uh, pyramids. The pyramids. You've been to the pyramids? They're rubbish. Awful, awful place. Very smelly, Egypt. <laughs> and now it's in, if you follow if you were to follow those dreams now and post Arab Spring world, it'd be no one should be travelling to Egypt these days. Hmm. Well, of course, pyramids are going to be smelly. There's a dead corpse down there. There's a dead corpse. There's thousands of years. Yeah, it's true. I've, re- I've read. It. I've read a lot of like um, TripAdvisor reviews, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody use the word smelly um, to describe a country. Or Is a that place. what you did in preparation for this? Yeah. In in retrospect, I might have been a bit. I might have got my priorities a bit messed up. Uh, but no. Um, okay. Very good. Haran, what did you think of this book? I think in isolation, this book. It's not very good. It, it doesn't. There's, there's no information on how to convert lead or crystal methamphetamine apparently into gold. Um, now, given Spain, it's based in Spain, am I right? Spain, yeah, Spain, yeah. Is, no, he's a Spanish. No, he's a Spanish person, he's right? Spanish, so, yeah, so yeah. obviously he's a very impecunious, poor man. So impecunious. Yeah, been, been, you know, at the helm of the eurozone. Yeah, lots mass unemployment, etc. Recovering after, yeah, recovering after General Franco. There's no money need to make gold mm. and then to, to build a book on the alchemist this is you're really you're really outraged by like um what you think is well i guess false advertising then yeah um okay all right uh is, is it, i mean like, i bought crime and punishment I, I, I can't help but feel I can't help but feel that like your misconceptions of the book could have been resolved if you actually just read the synopsis on the back of the book I mean buying on Amazon you know or five stars or again five stars, there's yeah, like yeah, a little yeah, guide there biased, that very, says what the book is biased. kind of about though it doesn't say there's no there's no I mean you could have read some well, of the said this, is, this book is the best selling book it sells five million copies oh okay yeah clearly and you didn't read anything beyond that no, I mean, uh, the head of Fort Knox told me to buy this book, <laughs> and I bought that book. And now I did he ask for ten percent of the book? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Is that how they call the golden foot knots? Well, that's what I thought, yeah. But um, what's interesting about foot knots is he, he just meant follow your dreams. Interestingly, the the uh, doors of foot knots are made out of lead. So oh really? Get it. Okay. You just turn the doors into gold, then you can steal the doors. You're there already. And then you yeah. have some gold. Well, I obviously Thou hast a ribbon. Yeah. Like well, there's a Bond film set in Fort Knox, isn't there? Doctor Goldfinger. Doctor <laughs> Gold. Book sunk like a lead balloon. Daddy. That had been converted into <laughs> gold. <laughs> gold balloon. Gold, yeah. Is gold heavier than lead? Would a gold blue sink faster yeah, than a lead balloon? Lead, lead's heavier. Yeah. Lead's poisonous. But I mean, lead, lead can prevent heavier, yeah. gamma rays from going through. Yes, that's right. That's gold, right. Absolutely. So, I mean, gold's not really. Maybe that's the point he's trying to make. Gold isn't so. That it's really a bad review for the alchemist and gold in general. Then yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, Josh, what do you think of this book? Well, I found I I cannot approve of this book um, as a disciple of the rabbinical teachings, as a as a as a disciple of Israel. I found this book highly anti-religious, uh, in the sense that this book. Has been is the as has been touted as the most translated book in history by a living artist, by a living author, if you will, and I and I thought, what what's the other most religious, uh, the other book that's most most uh, translated, and of course it's the Bible, and um, and and when you think this guy he thinks he's better than god he thinks he's better than hashem he thinks he's better than the lord himself and I, and he's basically saying god is dead like nietzsche cuz i'm smart <laughs> so is that a yes or no <laughs> like is this a good book or not well i think it i think you know <laughs> I, I i'd like to bring you up on that um uh that uh, point about the bible because um uh, Coelho, when he was asked as to what book most influenced his life, he answered, The Bible, which contains all the stories and all the guidance humankind needs. And yet he still felt the need to write his own book. Well, there you have it, don't you? <laughs> they, they, they have it. This guy thought, okay, here's this perfect book that every, that's got everything that everyone needed ever. And he goes, you know what? It's got everything except the stuff that I want to say because he thinks he's better than God doesn't he he thinks he's better than my name's Paul Paul and I'm better than better than God so I think you know I think I, I cannot commend this book on any level I mean in many ways Paolo Coelho by saying he's better than God is a lot like John Lennon of the Beatles or Ebenezer my favourite Beatle yeah. uh, like, um, which is a bit of an obvious answer obviously uh, mm. in many ways John Lennon was the uh, lot of the Beatles, uh, but um, yes. yeah, I, I, look, I'm going to have to agree with the naysayers on this one. Actually, um, I didn't like this book at all. I, I tried my hardest to really appreciate the message of the book, but the characters were two-dimensional. Um, but uh, did you not get the pop-up version of the book? No, I didn't realize that was an option. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the characters there were. Also, two-dimensional, poorly <laughs> drawn out, terrible. It's quite hard to make a three-dimensional pop-up book because they often just pop up and it's just flat card. Yeah. It's quite difficult to, for it to pop up and be kind of a three-dimensional uh, sprite. Mm. So, where sprites are video game in terms, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, yeah, no, the, everything about this book um, rang, struck me as um, ringing false. I didn't agree with the central message of um, the universe. Uh, uh, 
basically enabling you in following your dreams. I've never found that to be the case myself, personally. Um, I found it all kind of trite and good, quite frankly. Um, I didn't like it. Uh, I don't really know why this book has become so popular. Um, and um, I, I, I consign it to hell. Yeah, fuck this book. Yeah, fuck this book indeed. Um, well, so that's a strong no from me. Uh, anybody else? Uh, would you recommend this to other people? Yes, I would. <laughs> Despite your earlier misgivings. <laughs> I fully would, if only to prove how bad it is. <laughs> You'd recommend it just to prove your point. Yeah, buy this book. It's terrible. <laughs> Is that what you do in your restaurant critics? Go to this restaurant. It's absolute dog shit. You won't believe how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> Until you've eaten there. Uh, I was, I was going to uh, finish up uh, uh, with um, some reviews which I pulled from Amazon. Um, and interestingly enough, The uh, Alchemist has a subtitle which is a fable about following your dream. Which just... It's really fucking labouring the point now, isn't mm. it? I, I, I really... I just can't shake the feeling that this is a self-help book in disguise. Um, it's it, a bad one, though. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, if, it's so... The, the, the advice given in this book is just so allegorical. It's hard to apply it in any real-life terms. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't see how this book uh, is supposed to resonate with me. I don't I don't see how it's meant to resonate with anybody. Quite frankly, I reckon he was thrown in an insane asylum because he's insane, not because he wanted to mm. write a book. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I want to write a book, and he was like, Okay, that's fine, mm. but you also are insane, so we're gonna put you in an insane asylum. And he was like, Oh, it's because I wanted to write a book, <laughs> not because of that. It's because of your schizophrenia, mate. <laughs> I, I'm going to read this um, uh, 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 in, uh, this review that uh, was one one star review on Amazon okay. by Reader, um, and it's just uh, it says trite. This book should be avoided by anyone who enjoys literature. It is a self-help book for the religious, full of the most leaden cliches and waffle. Its popularity is depressing as it does not have authentic spiritual content. Mm. Oh. And um, a positive review was important life lessons. A very uplifting book. Two messages that stood out for me were, one, when you are following your true destiny, when the universe will conspire to help you, even if the going gets tough and it appears impossible at the time. Two, the fear and worrying of something, hap something happening or going wrong is usually far worse and more paralyzing than if it actually happened. If needed, if, if indeed it ever does happen in the first place, exclamation mark. Well, that's a terrible review. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I was losing my concentration as I was reading it. Um, so I think this is a negative review. Uh, this is definitely not a, a hard net recommend <clears throat> from me. Um, I think the negative reviews uh, uh, held sway. Sorry, Alice. Um, we hate this book. Um, oh I well, I mean the story I, was bad. I just like the um, instruction manual in the book. I sorry. I I was gonna say um, I hate this book, and I kind of hate you because you kind of <laughs> like it. Um, but anyway, thanks. Uh, we please join us again next time uh, when we'll be discussing hopefully a better book than The Alchemist. Uh, until then, uh, my name has been Shinzi. This has been Faking Lit. Uh, see you soon. Bye.